When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Hey, Incline listeners, looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This song sounds familiar. It's probably because you've been to an Angels game where they summon the Rally Monkey. Hey everyone, thank you for checking out the Incline. I'm your host, Kevin Klein. You can follow me on Twitter at Klein25. We're recording on a Sunday. It's June 9th. And the Dodgers coming off a great win today, 1-0 over the San Francisco Giants. And they ended up surprising everyone after that awful loss against Drew Pomeranz, coming back to win this series two games to one. Max Muncie definitely is the star offensively today. And Walker Buehler pitching a phenomenal game as well. He struck out nine Giants. Probably my favorite comment from today's victory. Bumgarner told Max Muncie, just don't watch the ball run. Well, Max Muncy had words for Bumgarner. He said, "If he doesn't want to, if he doesn't want me to watch the ball, then go get it out of the ocean." And you know what? I think Muncy won that battle. He put Mad Bum in his place. So the Dodgers are running away with the National League right now. There's no point to even bother talking about the NOS standings. The Dodgers' current record: forty-five and twenty-one. They're seven games ahead of the Milwaukee Brewers for the best record in the National League. And, gotta say, they've been playing some good ball despite Cody Bellinger 
falling into a major slump. We talked about Kike Hernandez slumping on the last podcast. He continues to be in that little slump as well. But Max Muncy looked like a star defensively at second. We recommended him maybe taking over full time to play second. And I mean, you can't really argue with the results right now. Very excited for this podcast because I'll be joined by my I'll be joined by my great friend Jane. She's an Angels fan. She's going to give us the inside details of what to expect in this mini two-game series coming up with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim or Anaheim Angels or LA Angels, you know. They go by so many different names now. It's hard to keep up. To me, I like to just keep it with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim and very excited for this upcoming episode. I asked a lot of people online, you know, what ticks, what we should look out for in this series. A lot of people are very pumped up. We got a response from Howard Cole on Twitter saying, the Angels do not matter, but for one season out of 59, they've never mattered. And you know what? That's a little harsh, Howard. The Angels have had a lot of good teams over the past decade. I know recently they haven't been very good, but it was not too long ago that they were making the playoffs almost every year, and it's just been a few bad contracts that really set them backwards. Maybe once Pujols comes off the books, things will turn around. Other people believe that there's more Dodger fans than Angel fans in Orange County. That very well could be true, especially with the way things have been going. Some people are very fired up that Hunjin Ryu will be taking the mound for the Dodgers against the Angels. We're going to talk about his stats later and why they probably have a good reason to be right. Someone wants the Angels to move to Nashville. That's a little ridiculous. According to DK Dodgers, there is no rivalry. Nobody cares. It was fun that one time they were good, but nobody cares. You know what, DK Dodgers? I care. Another guy, Ramrod, he says no rivalry. They play in... They are not a Los Angeles team. They play in Orange County. There's a reason this is called the Freeway Series. There is a brief rivalry. It's no Dodgers-Giants, but it's definitely the next level. I, for one, do not want to be beat by the Angels. I don't know about you, but I think Dodger fans definitely should view this as some type of mini-rivalry. They are the last team to win a World Series in SoCal, after all. And then, yeah, a bunch of other people are saying it's not a rivalry, but... I'm going to tell you the head-to-head record later on. You might be surprised to find out the results. Other than that, you know, the Drew Pomeranz loss to the Giants was pretty frustrating. Pomeranz had an ERA over eight while Kershaw, you know, he's the ace of the Dodgers. But it is what it is. We move on. All right. I think it's time to talk some angels, so here we go. Oh, and by the way, we recorded the Angels breakdown before the Sunday game started so if stats seem a little off that's why and my angels correspondent has joined the incline it's Jane what's up Jane welcome to the incline Kevin I'm really excited to be on the incline I've been listening since day one I'm so proud to be here thank you I really appreciate the support where can the people find you on twitter Okay, so my last name is like Alphabet Soup, so I'm sure Kevin will put it in the description, but you can just find me on Twitter at Jane Lednovich, all one word. I'm verified. It's like the most thing I'm proud of in my life. 
That's true. You are verified, and I. I got that blue check mark. You know it. Very jealous. <laughs> well, we love the freeway series. It's the Dodgers versus Angels. We get it every year, and you'd be surprised to find out that the Angels actually have the better record in this series. They've played 120, 120 games. They have a 66-54 to 54 game lead right now. They've tied the last two seasons, but in 2016, the Angels won the Freeway Series 3-1. to one. Who's your... You know, I feel like... I feel like that trend's going to reverse pretty soon, Kevin. I feel like the Dodgers are going to are going to catch up to that record pretty fast. I would hope so. Tell us yep. a little fun fact about you. Who's your favorite Angel, past or present? Well, you know, I'm a die-hard Angels fan. I've been going to games since I was like can barely understand baseball at three years old, and one of the most popular Angels at the time when I started going to games was Chili Davis amazing outfielder he he was just fun to watch he was you know really really fun you know loved the game I loved rooting for him so he was definitely is one of my past favorite Angels players of all time probably my favorite current player I have to say is Mike Trout especially after he signed that basically forever contract that will make him a lifelong angel he will probably be one of my favorite angels players like ever i mean if he's not one of your favorite baseball players in general like i don't i don't understand how you can't like mike trout you know he's just he's amazing to watch he has a really humble modest attitude which i you know is rare to find in baseball these days so yeah those are just a couple of my favorite halos I like the little throwback, and yeah, Mike Trout, Angel for lifer. So let's hope the Angels can turn it around and put a winning team around him because that would suck if Mike Trout never sees a World Series. That would be tragic. That would be as tragic as Dan Marino never winning a Super Bowl. And you know how I feel about that because I'm also a Dolphins fan. (laughs) Very true. I guess my, (laughs) my favorite Angel from the past I'll go with Vladimir Guerrero. That guy seemed to be a baller. Mm-hmm. No- Our only angel in the Hall of Fame. Oh, did not know that. Yes, that's Nolan a- Ryan went in as a ranger. Oh, that's that makes sense. Very cool. All right, yep. well, let's get straight to the business. We got a two-game series. This one taking place in Anaheim. Angels, they have a record of 31 and 34 entering Sunday. Maybe a little disappointed if you're an Angels fan not being above 500 at this point Brad Ausmus first year manager for the Angels we'll talk a little more about him later get some insight Um, Angels right now they're a top 10 team in batting average but their pitching has been terrible they're 27th in all Major League Baseball with a team ERA of over five tied with the Dodgers in bullpen ERA and when it comes to home runs they're about middle of the pack. Uh, what do you think about the Angels pitching so far? Um, I would say terrible is an understatement. It's a hot mess. I'm really, I'm not going to lie. Um, it's it's painful to watch. They really don't have, you would think that you would have at least one strength in pitching, whether it's your starter, your bullpen, or your closer. They really do not have any strengths when it comes to their pitching, period. There's only one 
bright spot I see in their pitching, and that's the guy who's starting on Monday, Griff Canning. That's right. So Monday's matchup is Griffin Canning. He's a 23-year-old rookie. He's 2-2, two and two, got a 352 ERA, 42 strikeouts in 38 innings, and not going to be easy for him because the opponent, Hunjin Ryu, he's now 9-1 and one on the season, 135 earned run average, and a .78 whip, and he's got a crazy little streak going where he's only had one inning in his last 51 innings where runners were able to score on him. So what do you expect to see in this pitching matchup? You know, it, it feels like if the Angels want to have a chance to win, they have to score early. And Ryu has just been so dominant. I really don't think that's going to happen. Like, unless maybe if Mike Trout or Tommy LaStella can get on the board with a solo home run early, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. And I think that this is going to be Griff Canning's first true test as a starter. You know, he's been facing these terrible AL West teams, the A's, the Mariners. He's going to have his first real test against, you know, a World Series caliber team in the Dodgers. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how he does. I'm going to be rooting for him. Fun fact, he is a Southern California native. He's from Mission Viejo. Um, and he's really excelled in his his first seven starts. So he's really been the only silver lining in our pitching this year. So I'm I'm optimistic for him. But he's, he's going to need to get some help from, you know, the lineup. All I can say is thank God we're going to have a DH, you know. Oh, yes, totally. Well, in the past, Ryu's made three starts against the Angels. He's got a 2-0 record, mm. an ERA of .83. And he's held these current Angels to a 197 batting average. One notable player, Mike Trout, 0 for 7 lifetime against Ryu. And then their best hitter against Ryu is Andrelton Simmons, who's 5 for 13. But we shouldn't be able to see him because he's on the IL, if I'm not mistaken. You are not mistaken. He is out. He's going to be out, I think, for probably at least another couple weeks. And it sucks that we lost him because... You know, he's usually good for contact hits and getting on base. And, I mean, that Mike Trout stat, that's, you know, that's dismal. But at the same time, I'm thinking that maybe he's due. And he's seen Ryu a few times now. So hopefully he can he can kind of break out of the slump that he's having. And he is finally starting to heat back up. You know, like the start of the season for Trout was so slow. And I think that that's what really hampered the angels in the first month of their season. But his average as of Sunday afternoon is it's at two ninety nine. He has 17 home runs. That's fourth in the AL. And then he's also not getting a lot of opportunities because he's being walked so much. He's first in walks in the AL with 59. So hopefully Mike Trout can get, you know, maybe if, you know, Tommy Listella can get on base, Mike Trout can hit a home run, give the angels two runs off the bat. That would be, you know, I think the smartest thing to do, hopefully he can have a little bit better luck this time around. Yeah, certainly. Mike Trout, always a threat. And from the Dodgers side of things, you know, that's the rookie. He's 23. He throws a fastball, 93 to 94 miles an hour average. Right-handers, he throws a lot of sliders to over 45% of the time. And when it's a left-handed batter, he's throwing that curveball 
30%. He also features a uh-huh. hard changeup. And this is the type of pitcher the Dodgers usually profile very well against. I would expect Cody Bellinger to hit a home run. It's been a while now since he's had one. The rookie Pete Alonzo of the Mets has now passed him up. I think Bellinger goes yard against Canning. I also think You know what? I would take that bet because Angel Stadium is as friendly of a hitter park as you could almost get. Especially that wall in left field. Actually, in both fields. You have the wall in left field and the wall in right field. And they are so shallow. They're like three feet high. So if he just rips even a line drive down the foul line and it manages to stay fair, that's a home run. You know? <laughs> so I think I think you're right about Bellinger. He is definitely due to crush one. And then another guy who's on fire right now. Not saying he's going to hit a home run, but he could definitely get some doubles and some RBIs is Corey Seager. He's really heating up. That batting average is now approaching 270 after a very slow start. We just saw him have a four-hit game against the Giants on Friday, or on Saturday, and (laughs) he's just another guy who could destroy the Angels. Yeah, I mean, let's be let's be real here, Kevin. I'm not going into the series optimistic. I'm not optimistic at all about the Angels' season right now, just because their pitching is so abysmal. I was really hoping up that maybe they could pick up Dallas Keuchel and maybe kind of bolster their rotation a little bit because Matt Harvey, who is on the IL, has been a complete bust. <laughs> you know, Canning has the best ERA out of all their starters, I believe. Um, I think Cahill just got injured yes. yesterday. So, I mean, and Tyler Skaggs has not been doing great. So it's just, their pitching is so bad. They're four games back of the wild card lead. The Rays and the Rangers top the wild card. They're 12 and a half games behind the Astros in the West. So if they're going to make a wild card run here, Mike Trout needs to heat up like hot, hot like 180 from the start of the season. And they really, they need to make some moves before the deadline here, especially when it comes to their pitching. I I think that the Dodgers, they have a good chance of sweeping the angels at home. Well, we'll see. We're going to talk about Tuesday starter in a second, and you'd be surprised about his success against the Dodgers, but you were certainly right about Matt Harvey. They gave him $13 million for one year, I think. And that's just been a disaster. Another disastrous contract decision by the Angels. Classic. Okay. Can't disagree with you there, because that seems to be (laughs) an annual trend. It's like every time I just the Angels, you want to say something nice, because that's just who you are. I love it, Kevin. (laughs) I mean, there's really, I mean, the truth is, there is really nothing nice to say about the Angels, unless you're talking about Mike Trout, which, and even there, there's not a lot of nice things going on. I mean, I honestly forgot Albert Pujols was on the Angels because he's that irrelevant these days. <laughs> and what has he got, five or six years left? Oh, geez. I think he has three years left in his contract, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. But you know what really sucks? Are These are the most expensive years oh, of his wow. contract right now. Yep. Yeah, that's awful. And then Josh, sure ha- is. Josh Hamilton was another bad signing. Although that I, was a bust. I think you guys got a few years off the books because of his drug issues or something. But it oh. was just a whole. It was a tra- the back to back contracts was just a train wreck that screwed up 
Mike Trout's first few years in the majors. So I don't know if this is the season where they're going to turn it around, but they've they've got to start somewhere, you know, and they have to start with their pitching because their pitching is just right. atrocious. I want to talk about this Angels bullpen real quick. How is Hans Robles the closer of the Angels? He is a because we don't have a closer, Kevin. He has a three seventy seven ERA, and he was just dreadful when he was on the Mets. Because that's our only op- like it's so it's so bad. We're literally out of options. It's it's a mess. It's just it's almost like they're so desperate at this point. They just. I don't, I don't get it. You know, they're like, they're throwing everybody they can out there. And I'm thinking at this point, they should just try the whole closer situation, that whole closer scenario where you start your closer, try that first, (laughs) you know, then like maybe they might have more success because they don't have a real closer. So maybe they could have like two starters. I'm just spitballing here because it's just, it's been awful. Like I don't even well, I don't funny. even know what to say about the bullpen. It's funny you mentioned that because I noticed that they use one of their best relievers as an opener occasionally. Often they use him before Felix Pena, and that's Cam Pedrosian. And then to go along with that, it looked like Cody Allen was going to be the closer coming into the season, but he's been disastrous. And then uh-huh. their best reliever looks like it's Ty Buttry, he's got an ERA of 174, so maybe he's the guy who holds it down for the Angels in the long run. I don't. I think that they they need to just, I think, clean house with their bullpen and almost their entire pitching staff and build a new pitching staff like from scratch. Because I feel like half of it is like these sort of like mediocre average guys that you just kind of like fill in when you have like a an open slot and then the other half are like all these pitching prospects like griff canning who they keep bringing up from triple a because they're so awful they're running out of options so with Bedrosian, i don't i don't really know what to think about him i mean he's he's good one day and then he's bad the next i don't really know how dependable he is it would be nice to see him get some more innings. So we'll see what happens with him. Totally understand. All right. Well, now there's one game left of this series. I wish it was a three-game series, but we're going to have to just take the two. It's Felix Pena taking the mound for the Angels. And right now he has a 3-1 record, a 4.53 ERA, 54 strikeouts in 51 and two-thirds innings. But don't count on him to be – the starter in the first inning. I notice Osmus is trying to sneak him in there, um, coming in after the opener. Don't really know if that's paid off. Doesn't seem to, based off his season ERA, but, you know, that's what Osmus wants to do, and he'll be taking on Kent Maeda from the Dodgers. He's 7-2. He's got a 3.48 ERA, and he's been on a pretty good hot streak right now. However, listen to this, Jane. Felix Pena... He, uh, he had a spring training outing against the Dodgers earlier this season, and he actually struck out nine Dodgers in three and a third innings. Wow. And in his past track record, he's held these Dodgers batters to a 138 batting average with 17 strikeouts over 29 at-bats. That is surprising. So, yeah, he certainly has owned the Dodgers in the past. On the flip side, Kent Maeda. He's also had a good 
track record against the Angels. They're only hitting 118 off him with the current lineup, current batters in the lineup. So maybe this is a sneaky, low-scoring game. We might see two of those. You know, this just might be a really low-scoring series. I don't know, depending how Canning pitches. Um, yeah, Pena's last outing really does not inspire a lot of confidence. I mean, I think he gave up how many runs? Seven runs in like less than two innings last week. So I don't know, but he does have 54 strikeouts this season. He's not doing terrible. So um, I th- I applaud Osmus for trying something different. Mike Sosha would never have yeah. had the guts to try the closer strategy. Mike Sosha is a sphinx <laughs> and he should have been fired like three years ago. Um, yes. I mean, I love, I love Mike Sosha. He won a championship for us, but he was just the manager way too long. They should have hired a new manager yes. years ago. To chime so, in, I mean, to chime in real go quick ahead. to every Dodger fan that wanted to fire Dave Roberts last season <laughs> and the season before. And your top suggestion was Mike Sosha. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry, people. That's a no. You are a moron. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. No, I I 100% agree with you. I mean, Mike Sosha was manager of the Angels for, I I think, over 20 years, or almost 20 years, and he won one, champ, one championship in 20 years. Yeah, that's, that's not a good track record, no. people. Like, and he, his, like, style of baseball was so old school. Like, he was all about getting on base, you know, getting moving people like it was just a very slow paced traditional style of baseball that he liked and he would leave in his starting pitchers way too long indeed so 2014, yeah. 2014 the angels had the best record in the american league and they let the wild card winning kansas city royals sweep them That's sweep all them sweep <laughs> them that's all you need to know i know and that i think has been was I think that was Mike Trout's only playoff appearance, unless they made the playoffs in 2013. I, yeah, I, I think can't that's remember. It. I think that's it. <sighs> I'm sorry, Mike Trout. I really am. I wish I could do better for you. He deserves better. That's what's so frustrating is the best player in baseball, and this is what his team is. He deserves better, you know? Yes. Um, is there any other Angels hitters that – you would spotlight. I know Cole Calhoun seems to always have a good series against the Dodgers. Maybe Fletcher. He seems like a good contact guy. Or Otani. I know he's heating up. Who do we got? Otani. Otani is definitely heating up, which is good to see. He had a home run um, Saturday against Seattle. So, um, I mean, hopefully this is this will kick off a hot season for him. I would really like him to see, um, to be successful this season, especially because he's not pitching. I feel like if he has a good season at the plate, then it'll reinforce his status as a, as a two way player. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people are trying to write off his rookie season as like kind of a fluke. Um, cause he didn't start as much as he hit. So I'm hoping that since, you know, Trout has been kind of, 
slow and to get hot and Pujols has been irrelevant, maybe Otani can fill that void. Um, I also really like Tommy LaStella. He's having an all-star season right now. He's batting 316. He was the home run leader last month until Mike Trout got hot, but he has 14 home runs. As of today, Sunday afternoon, he has an eight-game hitting streak. Um, and it kind of irritates me that he bats leadoff and Mike Trout bats behind him because he has those 14 home runs. I think it would be great if they put like a contact hitter in leadoff and then put Listella second and then Trout third. And then maybe slide Pujols down to fifth. But um, yeah. I would keep an eye on Tommy Listella. He's been really hot. Forgot about um, him. If you, if you haven't voted in the All-Stars yet, please vote for him. He deserves to be on the All-Star team this year. He's definitely the most improved player of 2019. Definitely. He's been, I mean, if it wasn't for Tommy LaStella, the Angels would probably be in last in their division, like straight up. He has been, where Mike Trout kind of fell behind, he has stepped up to fill that void. He's been great. That's pretty crazy. Well, this is going to be a fun little series. I don't think it's going to be much of an offensive juggernaut, but you never know. These bullpens could definitely fall apart any inning. But I think these starting pitchers, they're going to give it their all. To me, the Dodgers-Angels is not the top rivalry, but it's definitely like a second-tier kind. I think both these teams are motivated to beat their crosstown rival when they face. So my Absolutely. Qu- my question to you is, are you a Dodger Stadium fan or an Angel Stadium fan more? Oh, come on. That you see okay. How can I not pick Angel Stadium? I have been going to games at Angel Stadium for like twenty years. And it's it's not as it doesn't have that like classic historic feel of Dodger Stadium. Um, but I mean if you're sitting behind home plate on like the top tier or you're sitting in like the nosebleed seats, you have this beautiful view of Southern California right behind you. You have the big A, which is classic. You know, everyone loves the big A. And I just, I love Angel Stadium. It's, it's, per, it's like the perfect SoCal setting for baseball. But I mean, how can you not love Dodger Stadium too? You know, when you get to Dodger Stadium, you have those amazing views of LA. I will say the food at Dodger Stadium is killer. Dodger Stadium has awesome food. The seats are a little small. I think that they need to kind yeah. of, redo the seating at dodger stadium it's just a little cramped yeah um but i mean both stadiums i think are great you know can't i can't disagree with you there they both have their perks dodger stadium to me feels more like a classic ballpark while angel stadium a little more classy with their fountain or whatever in the outfield (laughs) the fountain oh my god the fountain is just so random i will never forget this season when they installed the fountain, it looked like something out of the Lion King, which I thought it was because at the time Disney owned the angels. <laughs> so it's like, Oh, this is Lion King style fountain. But you know what? People seem to, they, I think people were kind of resistant on the fountain and now they've seemed to kind of really like it. I just wish they would do something with that gap in center field. Like when you watch the games on Monday and Tuesday, you will notice there's just this gap of, like, nothing in center field. And I wish they would do something with that. Like, make it a patio or, I don't know, yes, a pool, well, maybe. While we're on the topic of Angel Stadium, I want to ask you, tell us about the Rally Monkey. 
Oh my gosh, the rally monkey. There is nothing in baseball like the rally monkey. The rally monkey started, I think, their championship year or the year before. It might have been 2001, but it definitely came on in 2002. The rally monkey is just, if you go to the game at Angel Stadium and they're behind, I think it's anytime after the fifth inning and someone gets on base, you will definitely, you will see a great rally monkey montage where the rally monkey is like in psycho or is in like halloween like they do these great tributes with the rally monkey and it's just it's an awesome way to amp people up i have an original rally monkey doll that has um oh you know what i think the rally monkey started in 2000 because that's when they had those awful pinstripe uniforms with that logo do you remember those they were like yeah. those weird gray uniforms. Yeah. Yes. So I think that's the year I got my rally monkey. That was 2000. Cause it has that original a logo on it. Well, the so, rally- but I mean, the rally monkey has a long, rich history in Southern California. And I really hope that the rally monkey will, will be lucky for us. Yes. Well, if you're a Dodger fan or just a baseball fan in general, and you don't know what the rally monkey is, you can definitely YouTube some clips online because the rally monkey to me, is the best thing in baseball in terms of <laughs> getting fans pumped. There's nothing like it. The rally- I mean, even like even when you see the rally monkey at the stadium and you watch like the video of the rally, if you make noise, he will come, and people just go crazy. Like it's hard, even if you're a Dodger fan, it's hard for you to not go crazy. Definitely agree. Love the rally monkey. Learn about the rally monkey. Dodgers, wish we had a rally monkey, but... Beware of the rally monkey, Dodgers. Beware. He's definitely legit. Um, other qu- quick questions I have. What, do you, what are your thoughts on Artie Moreno as the owner? Oh, man, Artie. You know, I have a lot of mixed feelings about Artie Moreno because he has made legitimate attempts to put together championship teams. You mentioned Vladimir Guerrero earlier. In the mid-2000s, the Angels at one point had Vladimir Guerrero, they had John Lackey and Bartolo Colon as two of their starters. They had one of the best teams in baseball. And, you know, they lost to the White Sox in that ALCS series. Um, And then, you know, they tried it again with Pujols and um, Hamilton. And that obviously did not pan out. So I can't blame Artie Marino too much because it's not like he's not spending money. And he just landed this huge contract with Trout that guarantees him to be a lifetime angel. So, you know, I really, has he done some bad things? Yes. I feel like every owner is kind of, you know, people love to hate on their team owners, especially when their teams are awful. But I can't really blame Artie Moreno too much because he has made those attempts to, you know, craft a championship team. And it's just it hasn't worked out for them. Sometimes, you know, you can put together the best team in the world and it just doesn't go well in the playoffs, you know. So um, with Artie, I have mixed feelings about Artie. I'm going to, you know, see how he does now that he has this long term agreement with Trout. I mean, if I don't see the Angels start to turn things around in the next you know, two or three years, then I kind of think it's time for him to maybe sell the team and, you know, give it to someone who is actually interested in winning another World Series. For sure. 
just a, I want a quick take from you. This is my take on this hire, but I thought the hiring of Brad Ausmus was pretty stupid. When he was with the, <laughs> with the Detroit Tigers, he had a 48.6 win percentage, which is below 500, obviously. And in his one playoff series, they got swept 0, 0 for 3. Uh, every time Brad Ausmus would have to go to the bullpen in those Tigers years, it just seemed like he made the obvious wrong decision. And then when that reliever got beat up, he would have this dumbfounded look on his face like, how did that go wrong? So, <laughs> my plan get foiled um you know it's you it's easy to judge someone based on their past record and their past team this is osmus's first season and i can already tell he's doing things a lot different from the way mike Sosha did them i've only in my time as an angels fan i've only known one manager and that's mike Sosha. so to see someone you know take risks is actually really refreshing because Mike Sosha would almost never take risks. Like, he was, like, a hardline no-risk taker. So, with Osmus, it's he obviously, I, I think, doesn't have the team that he wants to manage. There's obviously a lot of problems with these angels. But I think that he's doing the best he can, given with what he has, you know? And... I think that this is his first season. I think he knows the kind of team he wants to put together. I think him and Trout and the general manager, they've all had a conversation about what they want their future teams to look like. So I'm going to give Osmus a, you know, a little bit more runway here. You know, I don't think that anything big is going to happen this season, but let's see how he does in 2020. Maybe, you know, if, you might end up being proven right that it was a dumb decision. I kind of want to wait and see how, you know, the next two or three seasons go. Okay, fair enough. At least he's trying to change things up, unlike Sosha, so definitely got to give you the correct takes there. Uh, last little thing we wanted to debate about, do you think the National League should go to the DH? Yes, okay, Kevin, everyone, we need universal dh to save baseball like i can't even i can't even like the dh pitchers can't hit they just can't hit okay last year as a group pitchers batted 115 okay like that's 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 awful and you're really like when you have two 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 on two outs do you really want your pitcher coming up to bat? Or do you want someone who actually knows how to put the ball in play, who actually probably took batting practice earlier that day? You know, there. I know that there's an upside. There's a different take about strategy and the DH. But I'm just saying pitchers these days, kids going through Little League, they don't train to be hitters in high school, in college, and the minors. That's where the DH rule kicks in. So focusing on hitting for a pitcher is almost pointless you know i mean it's it's time it's just time it's time for the universal dh i know you feel differently though kevin of course i feel differently <laughs> you have some you have some good points you know i'm not gonna knock those because they definitely are very valid but no go for it if you want to knock my points go for it that's i'm just saying that you, i think it's time you mentioned you know? strategy and yes strategy is one of the most fun parts about baseball 
When you have a DH, it almost eliminates the pinch hitter completely. In the National League, we get to like the 5th, 6th, 7th inning, etc. And that pitcher spot is due up. The manager has to contemplate whether he wants the pitcher to bat or to go with someone off the bench. And then another thing that I really like about having the pitcher bat besides, you know, the very off chance that someone like Bartolo Colon or Madison Bumgarner or even Jake Arrieta in the playoffs could take the pitcher deep is just the fact that you get a double switch scenario where, you know, you t- you kind of switch around the lineup and you take you take someone out, they go into the pitcher spot now, like hypothetically, Jock Peterson could come come into the game for Chris Taylor, and now you got a new pitcher on the mound. It just really utilizes your bench, unlike in the American League, where it just seems like if you're in the lineup that day, you don't really have to worry about being taken out unless it's extreme platoon splits. Yeah, I understand that. I'm just going to make one more point here on the DH. Imagine if there was no DH. Would we have players like David Ortiz, like Edgar Martinez? You know, would like, like if Albert Pujol, if there was no DH, Albert Pujols probably wouldn't even be playing, you know? Yeah, I'm, so. gl- I'm glad you brought that up because my philosophy is if you can't play the field, then don't play the game. Interesting. Well, I mean, I, I told you this earlier, but my grandma runs faster than Albert Pujols, so maybe he shouldn't be playing the game anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the way I look at it, you got nine men on the field. Each one of them should be responsible for an at-bat. None of this, oh, we have a special hitter who will bat three to four times a game, but he can't play the field. Just, I don't know, I'm not a big fan of that. And last but not least... Um, I already mentioned that I really love watching pitchers take at-bats. On the flip side, when you're the pitcher facing that pitcher, you know, it's kind of like a little breather. Instead of in the American League where they're facing nine pure hitters, in the National League, kind of gives a little rest time for guys like Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, et cetera, et cetera. They, they'll face the pitcher and... Most times, because you mentioned that batting average, they're going to get that pitcher out, which it's a little easier on their arm in the long term. But it's also a wasted at bat because it's 90% of the time it's an out. That is true. And this seems to be a topic. We're never going to settle this. <laughs> yes. We will never settle this debate, but. It that, will rage on forever. That is or why... until MLB implements a universal DH, which I, I would be surprised that they don't do in like the next five years because i think support for a universal dh is going up but who knows you are probably right because i see these polls every year and it seems like more and more people are favoring the universal dh i mean even like nl coaches are starting to favor the universal dh you know so i I think it's coming and i think it's for the best but you know it's you make a good point too about the seeing the value in having a pitcher hit totally well everyone dodgers angels coming up this one's in anaheim and it's not the last time these two teams will face we're going to bring jane back when we come back to dodger stadium for the next part of this series glad you could join the show today 
You are the number one. Thank you so much, Kevin. You are the number one Angels fan out there. I will post the link online where to follow her on Twitter. And she's awesome at her job and she supports the Angels. And there was some Seattle Mariner out there that you wanted to give a shout out to. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I have to give a shout out to Mitch Haniger, who literally busted one of his balls during a game. Like, prayers to you, man. Like, when I read that, Kevin, I don't even have balls. When I I read that, I felt pain for him. Like, that is an awful injury. So I'm sending good vibes to him. I hope he heals fast, because that's brutal. That's one of the worst injuries that you could even have in baseball, I think. There's some bad injuries, but... A ruptured ball is like really that's like the worst of the worst. So hopefully he gets better. Yeah, definitely. Prayers to you, Mitch Haniger. Get well soon. That's gonna conclude today's episode of the Incline. I'll be back in a few days to talk about the Dodgers Cub series, and I got another guest. He was on a show earlier, so stay tuned. The Incline is out. Bye. To let me know you're here All of these lines are being crossed over the atmosphere credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.